0: Well, hello, everyone. Hey. Um, okay, what I'm about to ask you may get me in trouble with a lot of you, so um, I'm just going to do this gently. Um, so today is Sunday, so who is excited about Monday? All right, there's about three of you. Um, I say I might get in trouble because uh, for some of you, you treat your weekends as this... Uh, a sealed container and I am about to break the seal uh, for me personally Friday nights um, Go on a date usually with my wife and then afterwards I even check my phone to see if I have email still thinking about work But from Saturday to Sunday, I kind of seal it off and I'm not thinking about work So we're breaking the seal today because we're talking about work um, For you who don't, uh, don't like doing that, uh, hopefully this is an encouragement to you uh, I work actually in sales for a security company. We design security solutions so that people uh, can rest easy knowing that their business won't suffer a loss or at least they'll be alerted for it. So that's what I tell myself on a good day. That's what I do. Um, but in my life, I've had a lot of different jobs. So I'd like to tell you about one of the weirdest ones I've had starting off today. Uh, I worked in a vet clinic. Who here has worked at a vet clinic before? All right, Liz, there you go. Nice. Okay, maybe somebody in the back there. All right. Um, well, it is a crazy job. You have to wear a lot of different hats. Uh, you're cleaning up after animals, which obviously that is a very messy job. Um, I got to hold a lot of animals. I learned how to hold animals properly. So, number one, they don't bite you, but you can also, the doctor can give shots and things like that. Uh, one of the sadder things that we do is um, eventually, you know, it's normal in vet clinics that a, a dog might pass away. It happens. Uh, and there's basically two things that might happen uh, when an animal passes away. They either have one freezer that goes to the dump, and then they have one freezer that goes to a crematorium. Sorry, guys, it's Sunday morning, and I'm giving you <laughs> the facts of the world. But this is the reality of working in a vet clinic, so I had to go through it. Now you guys have that knowledge as well. Um, one of, one of the weirdest days of work in my entire life came when uh, one of the dogs that we, we all knew, we all loved, passed away, and uh, the, the owner was out of town. And so uh, we were getting everything ready, and they accidentally had sent the dog to the dump instead of it was supposed to get cremated. So the owner's coming in town, she's, she's saying, I'm coming right there. And so the vet comes to me and he grabs me and says, Barry, get in my truck and go get the dog. <laughs> so I think to myself, what do you even do? How do you even do this? I, um, so I, I, think I started by putting Purell on my hands as though that would help. Um, I got some goggles. Um, I put on some, some gloves. I think I like tightened up my scrubs so I didn't like have anything get in there or whatever and. Um, I headed off to the dump. The whole time I'm thinking, where do you even, where do you even start? Uh, this is a picture just to give you an idea of kind of what it looks like at a dump. You have seagulls flying everywhere. They have heavy machinery because it's not like you can just pick up a little at a time. This is just mounds and mounds of stuff. So when we finally got out there, I mean, it wasn't for a few minutes that I just went, there's no way. There's no way we can do this. This is an impossible task. So we went back to the clinic, and um, uh, the vet had to just tell the owner, you know, we are really sorry. We don't know how this happened, but we threw your dog away. Um, <laughs> so it's really sad. The owner was very gracious, and, um, you know, again, it was a phase of my life. But um, hopefully today is an encouragement to you that whatever you have on your plate for Monday morning... <laughs> That probably is not it. Um, but I want everybody to kind of rank themselves. We're going to throw a chart up here. Uh, rank yourself on a one to 10, thinking about work tomorrow, whatever your work is, whether you're a stay at home mom, an entrepreneur, a student, whatever. Uh, what are you thinking about tomorrow? Are you dragging yourself into work? You're a one or you're totally excited. No dogs on your horizon. You're just going to work. It's going to be an exciting day. Well, Hopefully, whether you're excited or you're kind of down, um, I hope today will be an encouragement because God really does have a purpose for our work. And so that's what we're going to be kind of talking about today. Um, but what have we been talking about in this series? Um, you know, sometimes Sunday mornings, 1030 in the morning, you might not be quite wor- we're uh, woken up yet. And we're talking about big things. We've been talking about basically the question of why do I exist? So it's right there behind me. Uh, the reason for me, we're talking about why do I exist? What is the purpose? And um, we've been looking at Matthew 22, 33 through 37, or 30, uh, 22, 37 through 38, which is uh, the great commandment. And it says, um, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Um, so before I get into kind of the specifics of uh, what God says about work, I want to look at uh, a passage that kind of gives us an idea of uh, our identity in Christ. That's kind of what we've been talking about. Why do I exist? You have to look at your identity. Um, if, if, if you've met uh, Christ, if you've given your life uh, to Jesus, he's now the boss of your life. You have a new identity. And in one of uh, Jesus' most famous sermons, uh, some people call it the Sermon on the Mount, uh, he kind of touches on... Th- an aspect of our new identity in him. And so uh, let's read that real quick. It says, um, you are the light of the world. A, a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. So we want to start by looking at this. Um, the verse here says, um, you are the light of the world, not, um, you know, you will be the light of the world. When we choose to make Jesus our boss, we choose to do things his way, we are going to shine. We're going to do things differently. So that's a good thing to lock into our mind. When we think about our identity in Christ, we are a different people. The way we work will definitely be different. Uh, another thing it says is uh, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on the stand. The lamp, when you light it, is going to be shining. And so the only appropriate thing for you to do is to put it on a stand. That's the very nature of who we are in Christ. And so um, we have to let it shine wherever we go. That's It's just the way, the way God has designed things. Um, we have a new identity in him. And it definitely shows up in the spiritual realm. We think of all these spiritual things coming to church, uh, doing our devotions, all those spiritual type things. Uh, But in the normal day-to-day life, the normal things that we do every day, we really should shine. Um, So how does this pattern fit into the way what we've been talking about during this series? Um, We've been talking about a lot of different things. The first week we talked about uh, God made us to seek him And find him, um, to love him with, to love him with everything we are. Uh, the second week, week we answered kind of a difficult question is, how do I love a God when I can't, or how do I love a God practically when I can't see him? How do you, how do you show his love? And we found that the way that we do that is by obeying his commandments. As we obey his commandments, we're showing him, uh, that we love him. In the last two weeks, we've been kind of talking about how, Uh, because of this love and the transformation we have in our life, uh, we can share his love with our neighbors and our family. And there's a lot of purpose there, but kind of going into the big arenas of life today, we're going to be looking at um, how our attitude and approach to work provides the opportunity to demonstrate um, our love for God. So all the different areas of our life, all the different arenas, whatever our, our job is, whatever our responsibility is, we can show Um, his love. And that gives a lot of purpose and meaning to what we're doing. So uh, a big thing that happens here is we started by talking about our identity in Christ. uh, But it is so tempting for our identity uh, to get wrapped up in the major job or role we play. Now, again, I'm going to give a huge caveat to this before we get started. I know that everybody's at a different spectrum. I was just thinking through all the jobs that are in this room just thinking through uh, all the different phases uh, people are in, whether you love your job or hate your job. But it really is tempting for us to wrap our identity around the role that we play, whatever that role is. Uh, so kind of looking at it, I see two dangers. One is you have the dream of your, uh, the job of your dreams. So if you have the job of your dreams, it's so tempting for you to say, hey, I'm a fill-in-the-blank doctor, lawyer, professor, actress, Actor, whatever—I I don't know. I, for some reason, I was thinking uh, reality star for some reason, but that's yeah. might not be your thing. Instagram famous, whatever your thing is, you have your dream job, and um, you know, you—you. It's so easy for you just to grind away in that, in that, and get caught up in that being the only thing. Uh, the thing, the comfort that God gives us is the fact that uh, you know we live in a changing world. I mean, what happens if we wrap our identity around that job that we have and suddenly we can't do it anymore? Um, I've lived long enough that I've seen people lose a certain physical ability and then all of a sudden they can't do, do their job. I've seen people who've been laid off. I've seen friends who I just thought they had everything together uh, lose that dream job and just been devastated for years afterwards. Um, what happens then? Who are we? Um God has a lot to say about that, and, um, and and that's a that's a danger we run into. The second thing is, and this might be a little bit more common: is what if you don't have the dream job? It's very, very tempting in the world that we live in to have high hopes. Maybe you went through college and you had this dream of what you're going to do, and then it didn't work out, and so you start to play kind of a tape in your head where you say, "Well, I was going to be a doctor." But now I'm just this. I wanted to be this, but now I'm just this. And so you go through the rest of your life kind of playing that tape in your head. Honestly, sometimes I can play this in my head where I, I come home from work. It's been a hard day and I go, you know, this isn't what I wanted to do. I thought there was going to be more to this. Uh, building your identity around your job building around uh, the major role that you play really puts us into a danger zone because we can lose who we really are. And um, when we put our faith in Christ, we're given a new identity and um, we're give, given the ability to do more with, uh, with what we're doing, with, um, with the role that we're given. So what, does God's, uh, what is God's purpose for my work? He wants us to do our work and play the role to the best of our ability um, with this purpose in mind, to shine his light in the darkness. He, of course, uh, uses uh, uses our jobs to provide for us. We can pay our bills because we have a job. Honestly, I love the fact that, like, every year I can look back on the work that I've done and I'd say, man, I'm a better worker than I was the year before. Man, I'm better at having ridiculous conversations with customers than I was the year before. God is making me better, and that's great. But the bigger purpose that God really does have for me and my work is to shine for him. So if we don't get that uh, that concept, if we don't have a real, our head wrapped around the purpose that God has for our work, it's really, really easy to get stuck in looking towards the past or the future. So we either look to the glory days of past and we say, oh, man, man, that was when life was really good. Uh, but now I'm just doing kind of the normal thing. Or we look to the future and say, well, I'm kind of just doing, I'm just grinding away. I'm getting by. But in the future, that's when really I'll get something done. Or this is when I'm really going to be in my sweet spot. Um, God really wants to use us right here, right now. If we have the wrong perspective, if we don't have a tight grip on what God is going to do through our lives right now, we miss all these great days and great opportunities that, um, that God really has for us. In the good and the bad, the normal, boring, every day, God will use you for his purpose if you give that over to him. So um, uh, the next part of the verse, it says um, that they may see your good deeds. It will be up there. Uh, that they may see your good deeds and praise your father in heaven. Um, this is This is that on display. As we're doing the work, as we're going through what seems like a normal day, people are watching us. People are seeing what we're doing, and it really does have an impact on people. So once I've decided to follow Christ, I've decided that my life is not about myself. And, um, and God, as I give my life to him and I do things for him, he's going to use all of it to give it a lot of meaning and use it for his glory. So it's um, um, this is just kind of an interesting side note about this passage. Uh, when it says, you are the light of the world, it's followed up by saying um, a town on a hill or a city on a hill. you might have heard it different ways, but basically he's talking about it as us it's a it's as we say in the south, not you all but y'all it's you are the light of the world, we are the light of the world, and picture that uh that in your head when you see like one candle or um a single piece of light it's not you know it's it's helpful, but when you have a room full of candles, a room full of lights, it's very, very impactful. It, it helps us so that we can see more than we could have seen just alone. Going even further than that, um, maybe some of you have seen this before, like a magnifying glass. Is there a picture of a magnifying glass, I believe? should be behind me. There you go. Um, the light, when it is just out and about, you know, after, after you've been out in the sun for a while, you might get a sunburn, that sort of thing. But when you pull out the magnifying glass, everything is concentrated and it's able to be really effective. It's not just the light, you know, kind of gently, uh, grazing the surface of the paper. It's literally burning a hole in there. And I remember the first time I ever saw this live, some kid brought this to our junior high and he had a little, uh, magnifying glass and he was burning a hole in the sole of his shoes. And all the guys, we were all just watching this kid and going, man, that is awesome. How is he doing that? Um, he was a magician. No, he, he was just concentrating the light. And honestly, that's the, that's the effect that we can have together when we each make this choice that we're not just going to slug through the day and go day to day, but we're really going to take on our task with a tight grip and get after it. We can be a cumulative light in our community. So people start to notice They meet you and they say, Hey, man, he's a hard worker. They're doing a good job. Uh, but then maybe they meet one of your friends and they look at you, look at them and say, Hey, man, they're crazy like he is. They do, they work really hard too when they could just kind of slack off. Man, this, there must be something in common here. Something's different. And you start seeing this cumulative effect of us living, uh, living for Christ together. And that's really what we're trying to do here as a church. Some of you have been, um, have come here for the first time because you were invited from a coworker. Some of you were invited by your neighbor or, um, or a friend or a family member and you saw something different in them and they introduced you to somebody else that came here and they said, wow, they're really friendly there. They really care about me. A lot of other people, you know, they, they like me because I'm cool, but they don't really care all that much about me. Man, those people really care about me. And you start to see, a community. I know that was my experience when I first came around Church in the Valley. Um, you know, I had a pretty crazy group of friends at that time, and uh, there were friends that I would say, Man, I really like them because they're cool, but these people, they really care for me. Like, whenever I need something, I can call on them, and they're, gonna, they're not going to stand me up. They're not going to ignore my text. They're really going to come after and help me. This really is the witness that we have as a body, and if we put this together, we can really shine. And um, carry out God's uh, purpose. So something I just really want to highlight is that um, there really is a purpose to this grinding of work. So we're thinking ahead to Monday, thinking about all the things we have to do, that email you have to send, the conversation you have to do, whatever your responsibility is. That's I'm giving you my list of my things I'd have to do for tomorrow. Uh, But those normal grinding things that we do really do have a purpose that God can use. So let's turn now uh, to the specific motivation for our work each day. Um, God really does make all things holy when we give them to him. They're set apart. So your job can be a holy job. And when we set it apart and we give it to God, God can use it as a platform for this light. So some of you may have seen this illustration before. It might be old. For some of you, it's new. So hopefully you really enjoy it. Uh, but you might have heard the story of the three people laying bricks. So there was the first guy and, uh, you say, Hey, what are you doing over there? He looks kind of downtrodden. He says, Ah, I'm just, just laying these bricks. So the second guy they go over to and they say, Um, Hey, what are you doing? He's like, Um, the foreman told me to build this wall, you know, so he doesn't look all that happy either. He can't wait for five o'clock, but he's building a wall. This other guy is whistling and he's having a great time. And they say, Hey, wh- what are you doing? And he says, Oh man, I'm getting after, I'm building a cathedral. So you've probably seen uh, some beautiful cathedrals, something like this. Obviously, if you knew the greater vision of what you were doing, you would probably say, man, I am so excited that I get to come every day because when this guy's laying bricks, he's hearing the singing of the choir. He can picture in his mind the stained glass windows, whatever it is. When you're doing something significant, you really can look at it and say, man, this is really worth really tightening my grip. It's worth me staying on top of it, making sure things don't slip through the cracks. Um, but honestly the only difference between the three guys is just a, a difference in perspective and I know we all have uh, jobs that we have to do just because we have to do them but when we look at uh, our jobs in the perspective of what God is going to do with our work uh, we really are building cathedrals we're doing things that are much bigger we're part of a worldwide mission when we're doing our work uh, to the glory of God so it's important to grasp the greater vision for our work. And basically beyond the work that we do, it is good at the end of the day to go, wow, I did a good day's work. That's good. Uh, but we have two other things that are really, really important. Um, one of those things that Christ followers have as part of our greater vision is that uh, we can love God through the way we work. So when we work hard, it's kind of like when we obey his word. We really, we show him we love him. And there was a time where I didn't totally know how God felt about me. I didn't know how he, uh, if, if he could ever love a guy like me. That was the thing I was thinking. And when I would read scripture like this where it would talk about man, if I obey him, that um, that shows him that I love him, that was stuff that I would eat up. I'd say, absolutely, if that's the deal, then I'm gonna, I'm gonna sign up for that. So I wanna show God I love him through my work. The other thing is that um, when uh, we have the right vision for our work, we can see that uh, our, our um, uh, we're the light of the world through our work. We're part of a big mission. And so um, today we're gonna talk about just real practically how can you be a light in your workplace? And this is uh, is not just workplace in the sense of an office. So if you don't work in the classic cubicle office, be encouraged. This is for all of you. Um, if you're a stay at home mom, your office is your home, is your community. It's the place where that you work. Um, if you're a student, you know where your office is. It's the school. It's it's where you're studying. It's where you're working hard. Uh, for retirees, um, honestly. I am so proud of my parents because in their retirement, I really thought that, man, what are they going to do, sit in the backyard and uh, drink pina coladas or something like that? No. Honestly, my parents have poured more into our church and uh, some community activities, and I'm just very, very proud of them because they set a good example for me in my retirement. But retirees, um, people looking for a job. Obviously, if you're looking for a job, your job is looking for a job. So, um, that's something that you can really get after and you can honor God because you can encourage the people around you that are also looking for jobs that man, you're really making it happen. And then also as bosses and owners, entrepreneurs, if you're in here and you're saying, well, I'm not really a worker. I think there's something for you in this verse as well. So, um, we're going to go through a, a verse in uh, a passage in uh, the book of Colossians, uh, Colossians is this uh, letter, a very long letter, six six chapters, but it's easy to sit and read if you uh, have an open afternoon. I would actually encourage you to do it. Uh, It's really a story about what our life is after we've accepted Christ. So what is the difference? What is the change that God's making? us? And it's talking all about how when you become a Christian, you're not just magic wand, boom, you're perfect. God does change you and he cleans you. But you have to learn a new way of life. So Colossians is really telling you all about this new way of life. How do we live um, as a believer? So we're going to look at Colossians three twenty-three through 25. And it says, whatever you do, uh, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as your reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for his wrong, and there is no favoritism. So let's break this down. Let's look at the individual parts. Three things that you can do uh, to be a light in your workplace. The first one is put everything into the effort. Put everything into the effort. So what does this look like? I try to come up with four pictures that come kind of float through my mind when I picture putting everything into the effort. Uh, The first one is... Uh, any Ford truck ad, I don't know, I, some of you people are Chevy people, I apologize, but every Ford truck ad makes me think of a person who's, man, they're getting to work. I mean, honestly, if I pulled into my parking lot tomorrow, pulling a Bobcat, now again, I work a white collar job, but man, I'd be ready to do some Excel spreadsheets if, uh, if this was my rig coming into work in the morning. Some of you actually get to do construction, so you get to, you know, ride in looking cool like this. But every Ford truck, ad, that's people that are, you know, getting after it. The next is I've been watching um, the SpaceX launches. Some of you may have seen some of the streaks in the sky and gone, what is that? Well, SpaceX, they have such a large mission. And I just picture, you know, if I went after my work the way they do trying to get to Mars, you know, I'd really get more done maybe than I do now. The other is uh, Michael Phelps. You look at um, the Olympians. I mean, this could honestly be any Olympian, but that just that drive. Whenever I'm watching these races, I feel like somebody's behind me, like you're trying to get to the finish line as fast as he's trying, but he's literally putting everything into the effort, everything, years and years and years of training into the effort. And finally, um, this picture of kind of the D-Day invasion. Now, again, I'm not equating your your work to D-Day, but... Picturing that, you have a mission, and uh, these men knew what they were going to do. They knew that it was going to cost them their life, that they were going to put it down, and they might be the ones that are lost, but that they were going to charge forward. That's what I picture when I picture everything into the effort. Now, again, be encouraged. You breathe a deep sigh. I'm not saying that this is what the Bible is saying, is that every day needs to be D-Day. But it should be an all-out effort. Here's another picture of maybe the way your, do- your day might normally go. <laughs> there are a lot of these pictures, so search at your own discretion. But um, I thought this was pretty hilarious. Uh, I, I've never done this, but I've probably come close to it sometimes. But you can see the contrast. Um, what does it look like to work wholehearted on your job? I tried to outline it so that I could kind of get it straight in my mind and think through the minimum of this is to work the whole time. It's a novel concept. If you're on a clock, you punch in, punch out, or you have a certain time, just work the whole time. You've already beaten out the majority of the marketplace. Um, give it your full energy and effort. How do I know this? How do I know when I've given my full energy and effort? Well, dinner normally tastes a little bit better to me, and sleep feels a little bit better to me. I know that when I've given my whole effort that, um, that there is just... I've I've depleted myself. I've really used myself for the cause. Um, Work wisely uh, to work with not just uh, the way I normally do things, but to take a step back every once in a while and take a look at my work and say, how could I do this better? Maybe I need to take a training or uh, read a book or something like that. But I know that's been something that I've seen through the years, uh, especially in sales. There's a lot of skills that you need to develop. And so every once in a while I take a step back, I look at what I'm doing, try to work, rework some things and read a book and try to figure things out. Have the right attitude. This is like next level. If you have the right attitude consistently in your job, you will shine like the noonday. No one ever, uh, to see that in the workplace is a very um, hard thing to see. To have a good attitude in good seasons and bad seasons. Uh, use your full creativity. Uh, some jobs are probably easier to do this, but to really think hard, like what is it, What's the next level? What's the next thing that I can add to this job that maybe would, would put a different spin on this or make it better for my customers or my employees or, or those sorts of things? And then finally, I put this one at the bottom, but honestly, this is the telltale sign that you're really shining is that you have to rely on God. I think this is the, the challenge that we face um, Uh, And actually, sorry, I just realized there was a picture earlier of a a pie. And I won't go back to it because it's distracting because it's a picture of a pie. Um, But when most people think of their life, they see this pie. And so uh, you accept Christ and you say, God, I give you my whole life. Here's a piece of the pie of my life. But honestly, God is asking for all of it. Every part of our life is to be given to him. And so, um, thinking about that, like in my work, if I'm not relying on God, it's clear that that's an area of my life that I'm not really allowing him, uh, to have his full impact on. So that's something to encourage you with, uh, maybe we really don't like what we're doing. Maybe we're in a stage or an assignment that's just, I just got to get it, gut it out till this next thing. Um, but that's really not what God has envisioned for us. Uh. We might not be doing what we want, but God knows you're there, and God wants to use right where we're at. That's very, very important. I don't want to waste my life. Um, I don't want to waste the days of my life because I realize how quickly they pass. So um, I want God to use me right where I am. The second thing is to recognize who you work for. This one is, is really, really difficult. The verse continues and says, as working for the Lord, not for men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as your reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. As Christians, we really do have a big boss. You know, all of us have a boss, but some of us have a big boss. If you are an owner or you are the boss, you also have a boss. Jesus Christ is the boss. Um, This is really, really difficult. We live in a real world and what we look around, all we see is the things that we see around us. And so... We we look at our boss and we might think, well, if it was a, he was a better boss, then maybe I would serve. If, if she was a better boss, then maybe I would give my whole heart. And we see this in our culture because if you just look at the bosses on television, this is probably the most famous one that you see. Um, we all picture that our boss is Michael Scott. But even if your boss is literally Michael Scott... Um, your real boss is Jesus Christ. We give Him the full offer, uh, the full, uh, the full effort, and He might miss stuff, but Jesus does not. And um, I've experienced this over and over. In uh, I've had some real spiritual moments in my very mundane job, where I've looked around and I've realized God is watching. God is paying attention to what I'm doing when I'm kind of giving a half effort or I'm trying to white out the clock. God knows what I'm doing. God's working. God's watching. And God is going to honor me for, uh, for my hard work. And, um, and he's really going to honor the fact that I'm looking to the bigger, purpo- per, uh, the bigger purpose. But it's easy to forget these things. It's easy to grumble. It's easy to kind of gut things through. Um, but we need to realize that Jesus is our boss. The final thing is that um, uh, we, have to, we refuse to neglect our contract. Um, some of you work on contract. Some of you just, uh, you know, you have, well, I guess we all have some sort of contract with our work. Um, uh, but we all have a, a deal. Some of us are working hourly. Some of us are salary. Some of us are partial commission. Some of us are full commission, all that sort of thing. Whatever your uh, contract is with your company, uh, do not slack in it. Um, I think it's funny anytime that there's a verse in scripture that just kind of pays itself on. I was like, God, I thought we were talking about work and you start saying, Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for his wrong. And there is no favoritism. He puts that in there because the truth is, is that as Christians, we don't get some pass. Like we don't have some arrangement with God or some, some deal with him that we're going to get favoritism and he's going to allow us. Now, God does give us grace. He gives us mercy and I'm deeply thankful for it because it's given me the ability to develop at my job because he's been merciful and he's let me, you know, move forward with things. But, um, But honestly, he's gonna work on us through our job and we have to give our full effort. And if we're not doing that, there will be uh there is penalty for that. God's watching and he will hold us to it. So kind of wrapping things up, um, God really does have a reason for the role that you're in. Looking to Monday morning, you know, you might not be uh you know, it might not be blue skies and rainbows and all that sort of thing. Um but we really do have a purpose. Our identity can't be found in the work, not completely. We are, we are to only find our identity in Christ. Uh, but God wants to use us where we are to bring people to him. And as a room, we need to be encouraged that as we all make this commitment to band together and be this light, that honestly we really can be um, a light to our entire community, to the San Gabriel Valley, beyond, to the L.A. region and beyond. And um, I hope as we look to Monday... Uh, that we can be encouraged that even those mundane boring things that you have to do as part of your job really do have a purpose that God, uh, God will use it. And so I'm going to ask the band to come up and we're going to talk about uh, just some quick next steps. Every week at church in the Valley, we ask you to to think through some next steps because uh, it's so easy for us to hear God's word and not really do anything with it, but we need to, we need to, he expects us to obey and to move forward and to do that, we came up with three next steps just to kind of give some ideas. One is uh, maybe you want to memorize Colossians 3.23. It's a really good verse. If you have it in mind, God will use it to, um, to sharpen up your work. The second is to identify one area at your work you are not working with all your heart and commit to make progress. The next thing is to write all your work responsibilities and pray that God would show you how um, you can bless people around you through each. Um, This kind of lifts your spirit, makes it good for you. So I hope that was helpful for all of you. Let's pray as uh, we close. Dear God, uh, we are very, very thankful for who we are in you. Um, God, you are good and you're powerful. And you use every single aspect of our life. None of it is wasted. The good times, the bad times, the really, really, really bad times. You give us uh, the jobs uh, not just to pay the rent, but uh, you give us the jobs you've given us uh, to fulfill your purpose and to make us to who you want us to be and to be a light in our community. And so, God, we just ask that we would um, we would uh, take on these jobs with full uh, full effort. And we pray this in your son's name. Amen.